0: This is Kel McCutcheon with the Past Turned Up Studio here in Spencer, West Virginia. You're listening to Help Desk with Joe. This is episode 39 and show number 18. Make sure to tune in for more podcasts, information, and music. Thank you for tuning in. Alright, welcome to Help Desk with Joe. And uh, we're cranking right along with these shows. With me as always is Joe. Welcome, Joe. Thanks for having me. Glad to be back. Well, we got to have the guy that's the the man behind the plan, so to speak. And in behind him, the woman with the overall plan, uh, Sina, and uh, this show brought to you by A&M digital technologies and uh, help desk with Joe helping people, uh, including consumers like private consumers and also businesses as well here locally and regionally. So, uh, super excited to continue our shows again, doing a remote show as we're still not out of the COVID release yet, but, uh, Happy to have you, and I'm super happy to have uh, your technological abilities allowing us to do this show remotely.
1: Yeah, it's a little different, as always, it's a little different trying to do it remotely over uh, doing it in person, but it's a small price to pay to keep everybody healthy and safe.
0: You betcha. All right. well this week you got another great lineup, and uh, as always you're helping people out with general information and how they can sort through stuff to protect themselves, to help themselves be better be aware of technology and, and the technological world out there that they need to know information about, and also uh, my favorite tip of the week. So we got three topics today. Let's start off. You have some updates about Amazon, and uh, Amazon's very popular, especially here in our area where it's rural, and, it's, uh, and we don't have a mall or anything like that to go to. We have our local Walmart and some... Uh, family-owned stores but for the most part amazon's where you go to get things that you can't buy locally
1: right so amazon uh this is a little uh repeat of the this was a new story last week but uh last week Dave. i don't know if you knew it or not but i i tried to do a one-man band little help desk with joe just to you know keep keep us in rhythm so just uh that you you was kinda of buried in paperwork.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had but, a had a big job ahead of me that Cena actually was helping me with and uh, did a fantastic job. So Cena's been a busy lady here lately.
1: So I was, I tried to do a one man band and it uh it was better than nothing, but not the same. So I'm just it's just repeats. So if you listen to last week's episode, this first news story is a repeat of it. So if you haven't heard, Amazon has expanded use of SNAP benefits for online grocery shopping to uh, several states, a total of 25 states.
0: Oh wow, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, Amazon customers uh, are now able to use their SNAP benefits, and if uh, you're unfamiliar with SNAP, it's the Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program. Uh, You can, this is always used for people to, to go to your local grocery store and buy groceries or whatever. Uh, Amazon's actually announced that you can actually now use those benefits on their website.
0: Oh, wow. Now, is that only in participating states, like you said, 25?
1: Yeah, there's actually uh, several states, and I'll go through the list here. Uh, They actually worked with the USDA and introduced this program last year as kind of a pilot program to see how well it would work. (laughs) And they're, and Amazon's actually not the first company or the only company that's doing this. Amazon, Walmart, and ShopRite and other small grocery store chains are actually as part of this pilot program to get this rolling as far as online grocery shopping goes with SNAP benefits. So the initial expansion pilot program included New Mexico, Vermont, West Virginia, and Wisconsin. And that all started two weeks ago.
0: Oh, wow. Man, that's exciting that we're included in that usually we like to joke around and say west virginia is seven years behind everything um and now we're at the forefront so that's that's pretty incredible
1: yeah i was shocked too seeing you usually west Virginia's the like to catch on to anything they was one of the first so i was tickled on that and then actually last tuesday colorado maryland minnesota and new jersey also rolled out uh at joined the program and then massachusetts michigan and virginia ratted as well late last week.
0: Nice. Well, that's good to see. That'll really help out the recipients of the SNAP benefits and allow them to expand their shopping a little bit.
1: And be able might be able to, to <coughs> get some of the things that they're having trouble finding in the store or gives them the alternative of having to try to take a chance of going to the store and, one, catching something, two, trying to deal with social distancing, and three, just the organized chaos of, well, we're only allowed to have X number of people in the store, so you're going to stand here in line so that, you know, running to the grocery store for 10-minute shopping trip turns into an hour yeah. fiasco.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, things are shifting. A lot of people ordering online. You know, I, I talked to our UPS guy here that delivers in our building, and he dumps everything out in the hallway, and I just happened to be coming back down the hallway when he came through last week, and he just said they're, they are completely swamped with all the people ordering online. Uh, so we're seeing a big shift towards that. Anyway, I guess so. That's uh, that'll just increase the availability of stuff. And that uh, oh yeah, I know that'll be a good thing. I think I know
1: with all, exactly. I know with our UPS driver. I mean, when typically when they, she delivers, it's usually between eleven and one 11 in the morning and one o'clock in the afternoon. There's some days she's not delivered till two or three in the afternoon, and we typically don't see that until you know around the holidays when everybody's yep. trying to shop and get stuff in for Christmas. So, I mean. From there, in I can just just by watching, seeing what time the drivers deliver, I can see that that they're they're swamped right now.
0: Yeah, and that's he had mentioned that he said this is more like the Christmas rush right now, where they're working seven days a week, wide open, you know, and just swamped. He he had mentioned he wasn't getting home till seven and eight every evening, and he starts at I think five wow. in the morning, so you know, just beating them up with deliveries, but. That's uh you know that's part of this deal we're in right now so um you know it's good for them to be, have that much business but uh makes it rough on our delivery drivers so if you see your delivery driver out there, uh you know give them a thumbs up and appreciate the extra work they're doing because they are doing a ton of extra work.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and I, I saw something online the other day with something I never had given any thought to. Uh, people, I'm a message. I'm a member of some groups on facebook uh online seller groups and they was talking about their ups driver somebody said what do you do to help support your ups driver and somebody said i always uh set a bottle of water out for him a cold bottle of water and then one person said yeah i do that and then i've been actually getting get, a little bottle of hand sanitizer out there for him too on the job i thought well that's pretty cool it's something i never would have given any thought of is you know putting stuff out you know little little treat bag or a bottle of water or something simple like a, just a small token of appreciation for our delivery drivers for all that they do
0: yeah that's a good point i never thought of that either now you mention it makes me feel a little bad because uh you know, me, we, you we, order, right. <laughs> we order paper and stuff by the box and we get 10 boxes of paper and where we do our sunny bank land trust we got all this farm stuff delivered and um i, I felt so bad uh, i can't even remember what we had delivered out there but uh, he brought up two loads of these really heavy boxes, and uh, oh, it was the uh, peat moss for out at the farm. And uh, you know, they those things weigh 40, 50 pounds each, and he had 11 of them. And he made half the load up, and I was like, "Oh man, I hate to bother you. Can you take them back downstairs, and uh, we'll just throw them straight on the trailer?" And uh, of course, he's a super nice guy. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do that, no problem." And then the second load, he just he pulled around and we threw out. But you know, such a nice guy doing hard work. And, uh, you know, I definitely owe him a snack and a cold bottle of water for sure. Joe, you still there? Can you hear me? Oh, okay. There you go. You're back.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Anyway, so it's yeah.
1: Those little, yeah. It's just one of those little small things that you never, never think of.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's a... That's a, a tough, tough deal for our UPS drivers and uh, you know and all the work they do, because we're on the second floor of a building, so I'm sure he didn't like lugging that up. But uh, yeah, I'll have to make it up to him, so that that's a good point. As soon as they get out of here, I'll have to get something ready for him for today. So good call. All right, on the story number two, you have a Zoom update for us.
1: Yeah, Zoom, which honestly, until the coronavirus broke out I had never heard of, but for those of you that haven't heard of it or, or have heard of it and still aren't sure what it is. It's kind of a uh, alternative to Skype. It's a video conferencing software. Yep. So, Zoom... So What and, their announcement is, the news story is, Zoom explains why free users will not receive encrypted video calls.
0: Yeah, and that's I'm very familiar with it. We used Skype back in the day. Uh, I, I almost see Skype. I don't know if they've updated their stuff or whatever, but uh, Skype was small party usage they didn't you had to pay quite a bit to get big party usage out of Skype so we did you know just between our coordinators in the different counties we could Skype call them pretty easy Um, and then we switched to zoom and zoom allowed you to go up to 10 to 15 users with no problems and then now we're using teams uh, depending on who we're dealing with so I use both zoom and teams and uh, I know sorry I know that uh, I was talking with my hands in virtual world here but uh, I know uh, The Zoom calls have had a lot of uh, publicity lately. If you do the free one, there's no password to get in. Anybody can catch your Zoom call and and jump in it if they're looking. Um, But the teams and the Zoom calls we've been using, people pay for them, and they get a password, and you have to be invited in. And that keeps it from being awkward. And, And I know I've seen in the news where people will join into Zoom calls and then do derogatory images and sayings and stuff and do racial slurs and stuff, just interrupting a whole meeting, uh, which makes it awkward. But uh, uh, since I hijacked your news stories, I'll let you get back to what the actual news is.
1: Well, actually, I've never heard of that one. Actually, from my standpoint, I think it would be funny, not not part of going in there and just being derogatory and all that, but just hop in there and just sit there like I'm supposed to be there.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's kind of how it started. People were just hijacking uh, meetings and seminars, and then, of course, you get the people that uh, are vindictive about it, and they jump in and start doing, uh, you know, things that aren't appropriate. And then, for kicks, I'm sure we're just out of spite, but it, it ruins yeah, someone's like that, deal.
1: Right, something like that, I wouldn't find, you know, that that's not entertaining, but just kind of hopping in there mm-hmm. and just kind of sitting like you walk into a meeting and just sit in the back of the room and see, just see if anybody would notice you and, and see yeah. how long... It would take now that part i would find funny but i didn't i hadn't heard that
0: oh yeah yeah there's been a, a lot of instances and it's it's hard people were blaming zoom but zoom had came back out and had the stance of hey it's free you know if you want protection you want encrypted meetings you want passwords pay the small fee to use it as a professional you know and, that, and that's kind of how it was going down people were using it for professional meetings but um didn't have any protection because it was the free version and left
1: that door open. I'm kind of glad you you mentioned that because this news story falls right in line with that. So Zoom confirmed last week that if you use the free version of their software, you will not be receiving end-to-end encryption. And for those people who aren't sure what that is or what that means, end-to-end encryption means that there is basically a secure line from point A to point B. So if Dave and I are on a Zoom call, and if we have end-to-end encryption, that means the only people that can see and hear what's going on will be Dave and I. There would be no no uh, third parties that could listen in or record or see what we're discussing.
0: Yeah. So
1: what Zoom is saying is, if you have the free version, you will not be receiving that end-to-end encryption. So literally anybody and everybody can watch or listen or, or try to try to hack your conference call. And the reason behind that is so there, there's a lot of people up in arms over it saying, Oh, that's not right. You know, this is that you're, you're just trying to nose in and listen to what we're doing. And, and zoom's coming back with what you said, Dave is, Hey, if you want encryption, just pay the small fee and be done with it. Yeah. So the reason zoom's not doing that is just for security purposes is they're trying to prevent people using it for ill gotten gains. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And you know, Anything and everything illegal. Hate speech.
0: uh, Oh, yeah. And it's a wonderful tool. I was on a Zoom call for two hours yesterday, you know, and and the administrator has to give you screen share. uh, Oh, shoot. I don't know what you call it, but uh, permission, I guess, before you can share uh your screen because I was going through talking with a group of college students from Willing Jesuit and, um, you know, it's part of their class, and I was screen sharing our images from. Our no-till garden and the chickens and the microgreen hydroponic stuff we we're doing, but you know it's one of those things that if you don't pay for it, then you don't get the administrator ability to approve someone to screen share. They can just jump in and screen share. And uh, so those are the kind of things that are very valuable. So you know if you're if you're serious about your business, you're serious about your Zoom calls like that, then pay the fee. Just how it is. I don't I don't blame Zoom. Right. Because you know I use it. I no, like I'm it, not. and that's part of it.
1: No, and it's, well, as soon as I heard the reasoning, I was like, well, that makes perfect sense because yeah. I've read news stories in the past where terrorist organizations and, and those types of groups, mm-hmm. they used to use, uh, like, Xbox Live and PlayStation Online and stuff like that, where they'd all launch the same video game and go into this, quote-unquote, private room yep. and then have open discussions with whatever, you know, evil they was discussing Wow, because that was... That was kind of flying under the radar. Nobody would ever
0: suspect oh, yeah. Who would think that, that kind
1: of work going on. Exactly.
0: That's crazy. That's, I, I, I played a game for a little bit as a Clash of Clans, and it always amazed me that I could get on my phone, play a game, and have a chat with all the members of the same uh, you know, group from all over the world all at once, live. And uh, I, it just blew my mind when it first came out. I was like, this is craziness. I'm talking to somebody in Europe you know, live time, not talking, but doing a you know, text chat and uh whatever you call it, a group chat. And uh, it's amazing to me that that's possible. You know, and I I'm old, I'm forty six, I grew up in the Atari days, so <laughs> having that kind of technology is just mind blowing.
1: Okay. Oh yeah, I mean it it's leaps and bounds from what we used to, what like you said from the Atari days, it this is leaps and bounds stuff it's one of those you would have never dreamed
0: of happening. Yep. And that's in Kale. That's, I know you use it quite a bit. Uh, he gets on and plays video games with his buddies, and they can all talk to each other in real time. Uh, it's a wonderful resource. But you're right. Now that I think about it, it the idea that it opens it up for groups that were uh, don't have good intentions. That's that's a great avenue that'd be very hard to monitor. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well. I guess the basis of that news story is if you want something for free, then you got to take the risk of uh, having that door open. Otherwise, pay for it and protect yourself. So, right. News story number three, you got some news from AT&T.
1: Yeah, AT&T, uh, if you've heard of the new streaming service from HBO, HBO Max, well, if you're a subscriber to HBO Max and an AT&T customer, you, you're kind of, uh, this is good news for you, AT&T, which owns HBO and HBO Max uh, is exempting that usage from being attacked from using any of your uh, internet data to hmm. from preventing it from using your data cap. Really? hmm
0: It's amazing to me they yeah. can do that. You know, just be able to sort well, that out and know that that's the data is coming from uh, a specific area like that. But that's that's amazing. That's awesome.
1: Right. Well, it is, but it isn't. And I, I'll get into why. All
0: right. So the
1: reason they're doing that is like I said, AT&T and HBO Max all fall, un, fall, under, fall under all the same corporate umbrella. So, and AT&T actually confirmed it with the Verge that HBO Max data will be exempt from customers' traditional data caps or the soft data caps that come with unlimited plans. But here's the problem. The way this is set up, this is going completely against the net neutrality, uh, bill law that was, you know, brought up for discussion a couple years ago. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Because, and and here's how the, how this is punishing people. This is basically going against it because it is punishing customers that use other services. For example, if you use HBO Max and you're an AT&T customer, no problem, stream all you want, no, no repercussions on the flip side of point all oh, you use Netflix well yeah you can watch all the Netflix you want but that will go toward your data cap so it's kind of picking and choosing and prioritizing yeah which they which data costs you and which data doesn't and here's here's where it really gets deep in the weeds is the reasoning they don't allow that for everybody is a lot of companies that offer The cell phone providers that offer those kind of things and say, okay, this provider you can watch unlimited without any data caps. Those providers have to actually pay to have that privilege. Right. So if Netflix wanted to offer no data cap hits on AT&T, they would have to actually pay AT&T for that while HBO Max is getting a free ride.
0: And that, as you said, that's the net neutrality. That does have ramifications when you can pick favorites because then you're stacking a deck for business.
1: Exactly. So that yeah. that's so from the consumer side, this is great news for AT&T customers that have HBO Max. But on the flip side, if I'm an AT&T customer and I don't want HBO Max for whatever reason and I have one of the other streaming providers, I'm still being punished because they don't have a, an agreement.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes it tough. So, ooh, AT&T flexing their muscle. Okay. Well, do you think there will be some sort of, I don't know, catch for that where someone, the FCC or whoever's in charge of that with the net neutrality will kind of come back on them and say, listen, you can't pick favorites like that?
1: It's going to be interesting in the next little bit since this is so new right. that AT&T just announced this. Um, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting next few weeks to see how it all falls out. It's gonna, it's gonna be either FCC is gonna step in and say you can't do that. Either treat everybody the same, or nobody gets anything. Or Verizon and Sprint and all the other carriers are going to start jumping on board and saying, hey, sign up with us and you can get this, this, and this service yep. without any hits on your data cap.
0: So either they'll have to roll it back, or they'll have to open the doors for everybody. Interesting, you're right. Tight. Well, It'll be interesting to see which way that goes. Okay, well, if you're an AT&T user and an HBO Max uh, fan, good news for you. If you like the other streaming services, uh, beware. So, yeah, okay. All right, well, now it's on to my favorite part of this show, and that's the tip of the week. And, Joe, so far you've been hitting home runs. So I kind of suspect the scene is behind the curtains there pulling the strings for you, but we'll save that for another day.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I'm, I'm I was having a little trouble last night trying to come up with this week's tip of the week, but then uh, I sat and thought about it for a minute, and then I was just trying to think of all the phone calls I've been getting here lately, and this one has been a diggy. Okay. And this week's tip of the week, we're going to discuss reopening alternatives. So at least in the state of West Virginia and, you know, nationwide, Things have been slowly opening up and yep. one of the biggies around here, at least locally in you know, Ronan Jackson counties, is reopening churches and social events and, and things like that. Yep. So so here are three tips to give you alternatives that if you want to reopen whatever the case may be, whether it's your church or a social gathering, alternatives to be able to try to proceed as normal while still doing your social distancing and trying to accommodate as many people as possible.
0: Yeah. And I'm excited for this because I know you've done a lot of work and we've talked about it, uh, on the short distance radio side. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm waiting for you to throw this down. Go ahead.
1: Yes. So the, the very first one is the short range radio and this one, this one's really neat. Uh, I built one for our church, and literally I actually built one for another church last week and went and installed it. And it's a very simple setup, and it's very cost-effective. So when when you mention radio transmission, the first thing people are thinking is you got to have big antennas, and then you got to pay all these licensing fees and all this and that. And in, in reality, you don't have to. It literally all depends on how big of an area you're trying to transmit your broadcast. Yep. So, what we use is a Raspberry Pi, and if you're not familiar with those, look up Raspberry Pi, that's Pi, P-I, and with those, look, they're very inexpensive computers, and when I say inexpensive, I'm talking you can get some of the basic models as cheap as, you know, $20, $30. Of course, now it all depends on what you're wanting to do and which model you need, but anyway, with those, those ha- have the ability to broadcast a radio signal, and that signal depending on how you set it up, if you just set it up the way it comes out of the box, it falls under the FCC code, and I'm going to nerd out here a little bit. It's called the FCC code, FCC code 15, and what that means is you can transmit with, within around 250 feet. And you don't have to have an FCC license. You don't have to register FCC. You don't have to do any of that and as long as the signal is eligible to be jammed for whatever reason, so which, which it would be, literally all you have to do is download a program and launch the FM transmitter software and then use a USB microphone or pipe into your actual whatever audio you're using and you're streaming and you're transmitting over the radio.
0: Right, and you would just tell someone, pull up in your car, tune into 88.9, you know, whatever unused frequency and, and they would listen to it. We used to do this at the drive-in movies um, over in Calhoun County when they offered them. They had an FM transmitter so you didn't have to use the uh, the window deals. You could just turn on your car radio. And uh, I don't, yeah, they didn't, uh, I don't, I doubt they used a Raspberry Pi. This is, you know, 12, 13 years ago. A, but um, Right. But still a very, very neat feature. And as you said, in this time right now that's a a very handy feature
1: yeah i was talking to my dad about i was telling him about he said also it works like a a mr microphone
0: yeah
1: so so there there's some old tech (laughs) yeah yeah i said i said yeah i said that's basically what it is just a long-range mr microphone and if and if you're young enough that you don't know what a mr microphone is that was a microphone that you could do the, the exact same thing you would turn it on and turn the radio to a certain station and you could be talking on the radio in your bedroom.
0: Yeah, and they've made, uh, they have made make them for cars. I know you sold me one t- 10 years ago for my truck because I, I wanted to play a specific, um, I don't know, a playlist, I guess. And I just tuned my car radio into the, pick up the little transmitter and plug my phone into it, and I could play music from my phone back before they had right. Bluetooth. So, yeah, neat stuff there. And that's, that, that's a great tip. So number one is do a short-range radio utilizing Raspberry Pi or something that works uh, but a Raspberry Pi in your experience okay
1: and so the next tip is overflow areas yeah and I'll give you a perfect example we are working with a church in Jackson County they contacted us and said hey we want a live stream now they have uh, frontier and that's just not doable with the bandwidth speed they have they said hey we have a congregation hall, you know, attached to the building. It's right down the hall. Can we use that as an overflow area? So what we're working with them is, is right now churches are set up due to the, the, the COVID uh, ruling in West Virginia. You have to have, you know, six feet apart from you. So it's basically every other pew. So what they're doing is they're turning the congregation hall into an overflow area So what we're doing is we're setting the camera up in the main part of the church, and then we're going to be transmitting the video into a television in the overflow area. So basically everybody can be at church, but just not sitting in the sanctuary on top of each other.
0: Right, right. And that will allow them to still watch it live, still see the pictures, you know, as if they were sitting in the main hall. But, yeah, so that's a great idea. Awesome. That's what I like about you. You and Cena are very innovative, that makes it nice yeah we get creative at times oh yeah 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 <laughs> well, there's a saying so, some about need necessitates the means i don't know that's not not right but you know that's you guys are really good at that so somebody out there will know what i mean yeah, right.
1: and the and the last and the last tip is one that has been a really heavy hit, but just kind of reiterate that you know this is always an option you know depending on internet availability and all that is live streaming you know mm-hmm. just because you can't all attend a social gathering doesn't mean you all can't attend virtually. So you you can always go the live stream route. And like we mentioned earlier, you can use zoom or Facebook. I mean, there are means to doing live streams. And I actually saw something really neat over the weekend. Uh you know, a lot of these comic cons and those types of events, you know, are not happening right now. Right. Well, a lot of these there's a lot of companies that are stepping up to the plate and saying, "Hey, would you be interested in a virtual con?" Yep. So what that was, so what that is, is they would, you know, broadcast it on Facebook, and then you you would pay ahead of time to have, you know, you go online and order, say, an autograph picture or whatever, and then they would broadcast the, the entire uh, virtual con. And they would send you the code. Say, hey, you know, call in at this time or whatever. So one, you are still participating. Two, you don't have to do it in person. And three, you're still getting whatever you want signed. So it's, it was really neat. They would have you know people come in. You know, every couple of minutes somebody new would pop in, talk to the guest. You know, it was some kind. It was a celebrity or a professional athlete or whatever. So you still get that one to one on. You know, two or three minute. Hey, how you doing? You, you know, you have any questions this, that, or the other? They was able to do that, get their autograph, and then on to the next person. And then you know, they would ship that item to them, you know, the next day or whatever.
0: Yeah, and that's that's uh, on the money for how things are happening now. Because we, and this is interesting on the patch side of things. Our boys that and girls that work in our microgreen hydroponics room. Um, they're at the forefront of what they're doing, especially here in West Virginia and especially in after school programs. And they got accepted to present at our national after school conference, which was supposed to be held in Baltimore in July. Well, of course it's canceled. And the people in charge of the presenters reached out to me and said, Hey, is there a way you could make this virtual? And I was like, yeah, we got, you know, a technology guy, uh, and you know, that's you and Cena." <laughs> and we have the ability to do these uh, presentations which we're already doing by doing our facebook live broadcasts and so forth you know that that's something we can do easy we can either do it via youtube facebook or we can do it live in whatever teleconferencing way you want it to happen and generally they get about four thousand to five thousand after school people from all across the nation that come to these and your presentations are really big you know you talk to you know, four or five hundred people at a time, and and as Patch, we've done that over the last 17 years. We've presented at probably seven or eight national conferences, and uh, have always been very well received. And this one was going to be exciting because our microgreen, our you know, fresh fruit warriors, as we call them, they were going to get the opportunity to present on the big stage. And uh, so we're really disappointed that they canceled it. We understand. Uh, but we're really excited about the opportunity to maybe do a virtual one. So uh, just a heads up for you, Joe, you and Cena will have to, um, if we get chosen to do a virtual one, we'll have to uh, consult us on that one and get everything ready for us because that'll be our next deal is how to go on the big stage with our virtual presentation.
1: That sounds like an exciting challenge.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and that's... We were excited for it, so uh, we haven't heard back if we were one of the ones chosen to do that because it's really easy to do it in person because you have breakout rooms and uh, you know people just walk through and choose which one they're going to and so forth, but a virtual one um, will take more time and limit the amount of uh, presenters they can have. So I don't know if we'll make that final cut, but I'm hoping. And I know the boys are excited for the opportunity. So. Exciting stuff, and, and we'll learn as we go, but that's, I assured them in my email that we had the technical capabilities and the, the consultants knew their stuff, so uh, it's a good thing you're, we're partnering with you at AM Digital Technologies. Uh-oh, I heard the box. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: yes, sir, I'm excited about that, and what I really thought was really neat on the virtual con was it wasn't, you know, literally going to just one area. Yeah. So, you know, if you have these in-person Comic-Con type events, you, there's some travel involved, and very rarely, since we live in rural West Virginia, does anybody famous come in within a reasonable distance. It's usually a several-hour drive. But with these virtual cons, it opens the gates to literally anybody in the world can participate. Anybody in the world can get that one-on-one meet-and-greet with, with the you know, celebrity of their choice, and then still be able to get Something tangible out of it, you know, the autographed picture or whatever.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure that was some of the concerns that they conveyed in their message to me was that this should increase participation or they looked for increased participation because it's really hard for someone from the West Coast to come all the way to Baltimore and justify a four day uh, conferencing deal, you know, expense wise and how many people they can bring versus if you're doing it at your homes or you're doing it at your office, now you can bring 10 people and it doesn't cost you anything. No travel, no meals, no hotel, so it'll increase the participation and that's what they were worried about is having the capabilities to host that type of event so they were gonna cut down on the presenters. But exciting yeah. stuff, that's awesome, and uh, and those are great tips. So if anybody needed more information and wanted your services to talk about the Raspberry Pi option or the uh, live broadcast option through the streaming or any of those type of deals, how can they get a hold of you?
1: You can give us a call in our office at 304-927-3588. Check out our website at amdigitaltechnologies.com or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at amdigitaltech. Tech AMDigitalTech on all that. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Help us with Joe and Dave. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you find, listen to your fine podcasts.
0: Nice, well, as always, Joe, you and Cena uh, do great work for the community, uh, and as I mentioned, a big thank you to CeNA. he did a lot of work behind the scenes in our latest grant application, and I'm sure that added extra load to your job as well but A uh, and m digital Technologies is helping out the c- community here locally regionally and uh, and of course, you know putting out great information like this show that that helps everybody so good stuff, Joe, and another great show. And, uh, again, I know, I can imagine a lot of people will be excited about the options as we are still uh, under restrictions but able to come out and do some things of having those options to get their information broadcast out. So great job, Joe. We really appreciate it.
1: Happy to do it.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to turn it over to Kale here, and he'll take us out. So, Kale.
1: This is Kale, and you've been listening to Help Desk with Joe
0: with Pass Turned Up. Stay tuned in for more podcasts music, news, and updates from our past students. Patch Community and Children First.